0: With over seven and a half billion people in the world, fascinating stories become lost in the timeline of generations. My name is Lily Donnelly, and I have made it my mission to give a voice to the voiceless in the hopes to unite our similarities through investigative journalism. Let's start small. Everyone, I want to welcome you all to today's episode. I am back with a new subject that is probably just as new to me as it is to you. Today, we are talking about Lyme's disease. So you may be wondering why. Well, if you didn't know, in some cases, Lyme's disease is more than just a tick bite. Lyme's disease appears in an array of symptoms like fatigue, arthritis, physical palsy, and it can affect someone's life more drastically than you may think. It's actually been shown that a tick bite can inject about 70,000 Lyme bacteria in the host. Although it occurs in three stages, if Lyme's disease goes untreated for too long, serious health implications tend to arise. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to give a short rundown on how Lyme's disease can vary in different infected individuals. The first stage of Lyme's disease is an early localized form. This period reflects flu-like symptoms and recovery is often swift. The second stage, early disseminated Lyme disease, occurs several weeks or even months after the initial exposure. The effects appear more severe and can be characterized through evidence of systemic infections. The final stage is what's known as late disseminated Lyme disease or chronic Lyme disease. This period lasts anywhere from months to years. Brain disorders start forming that cause memory loss, mental fogginess, numbness in the arms, legs, hands, feet, and overall arthritis in many large joints. For Bella Wilson, this has been her life for the past three years. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Bella Wilson. Bella, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Are you excited to be here? Oh my God, I'm so excited. So how about you introduce yourself to the audience? I am so excited to tell this story because I don't think a lot of people know about Lyme's disease and know the severity of the disease. So I want to hear from you. Introduce yourself. Yeah, so my name is Bella Wilson. I am from northern New Jersey,
1: born raised raised. I am super into music. It's one of my greatest passions, I would say. I'm a freshman at Syracuse. I am majoring in management and also minoring in music industry. And yeah, I'm just going to be talking about my battle with Lyme and going
0: from there. So I want you to take me through the full story. But first, can you describe your life before you were diagnosed with Lyme disease? Yeah, so
1: it was the summer going into my sophomore year of high school, which was 2017. So before I was diagnosed, I was a freshman and, you know, I was in middle school and stuff like that. So life was honestly pretty simple. I was just a happy kid. Ignorance was bliss. I didn't have a lot of worries or anything in my life. Everything was pretty normal, I would say, before I was diagnosed. How do you suspect you
0: contracted the disease?
1: So my doctors think that in 2017, I went on a teen tour, which was basically, if you don't know what a teen tour is, you travel with a bunch of teens to a certain place. So for me, it was all around the West Coast. And I was going to Utah, Arizona, California, and I was doing community service there. And when I was... The first, I'd say like five days, I was in Utah and I was camping outside. And so I was doing a lot of hiking and a lot of things outdoors. During that teen tour. And so my doctors definitely suspect that I contracted Lyme disease while I was camping, probably in the first five days of my teen tour. And I didn't get sick until I'd say seven days after. So probably the 12th or 13th day of my teen tour, which was 30 days long.
0: So when you first got home from the teen tour, what happened? What were you experiencing? What was going on at that time?
1: Yeah. So, like I said, my teen tour was 30 days long and I got severely sick like on the 10th day mark around and I was just calling my mom. I Really did not know what to do. I, nobody knew what was wrong with me because from the outside, it looked like I was fine. I didn't have any fevers or I wasn't like visibly getting sick or anything like that. So everybody rid it off as anxiety. And it was true at the time I was having severe anxiety, just being halfway across the country without my parents being very sick. And so I was having severe anxiety at the time, but it wasn't just anxiety. I knew that I was sick, but I had no idea what it was. So I think after 20 days, I was in UC Santa Barbara. I was staying at the dorms in UC Santa Barbara. And I called my mom and I was like, you need to book me a plane ticket home now. Like I can't stay here for another 10 more days. I can't sleep or eat. I can't do anything like, and the teen tour definitely affected me mentally a lot because being sick on a teen tour, they scheduled you, like they scheduled your day from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. and they had activities. They like told you when to eat, when you had to go out and you were pretty much much doing like hiking and doing things every single day, every minute. And they didn't allow me to stay and rest because there was nobody to look after me. So I was just so sick. I was having so much anxiety. And so I left and I'd say literally immediately after I got home, my mom took me to our local doctors. They ran blood work. I got diagnosed with mono right away, which is like Epstein-Barr. It's, there's a couple different types of strains of mono, but everybody knows what mono is. And I got diagnosed with mono, basically. That was my diagnosis for, I would say, like five months. And I got home. It was the summer. It was end of July, beginning of August of 2017, going into my sophomore year of high school. And I was just so severely sick. I basically like slept all day. I couldn't get out of my bed. I was just having severe fatigue, insomnia, nausea. It was so hard to eat. I was taking a lot of vitamins and stuff because my vitamin levels and like blood count levels were all over the place because I was just so sick. And basically like I was diagnosed with mono, but after five months, I was so sick and I was getting worse and nobody knew what was happening. I didn't know what was happening. My doctors didn't know what was happening. So for about seven months or so, I went to 10 plus doctors to try and find out what was going on from psychiatrists all the way to like specialists. I was just going to every doctor on the planet that I could find any type of doctor that can give me a different diagnosis other than mono because I knew it wasn't mono. I was like, it's seven months in and I'm so severely sick. This should have cleared out. Like I should be better by now.
0: Would you say that was a misdiagnosis or do you think you had mono as well as Lyme's disease at the time? Honestly, actually
1: what's really fascinating about people with Lyme disease, I just wanted to say this, is that people with Lyme disease actually get diagnosed with mono as a misdiagnosis a lot of the time um, because you're I don't know the specifics I don't know how it works with your blood work and how it comes back but sometimes mono gets tested positive when you have Lyme's disease I don't really know the specific behind that but for me it wasn't a misdiagnosis I actually did have mono and Lyme disease at the same time and I know that because for a year mono kept coming back as positive it was not like a false positive so I knew I was having both of these diagnoses and both of these
0: illnesses at the exact same time. That is crazy. That is actually insane that you can test positive for mono, but you have Lyme's disease. And then you didn't know for so long that you had... Lyme disease this entire time, you know, for seven months. Yeah, no, it was, it was such a crazy experience
1: for me. I have chronic Lyme disease, which is very different than just getting Lyme disease. And basically chronic Lyme disease and post-treated Lyme disease are very similar. It's Lyme disease that wasn't treated after you were infected. So I wasn't treated for my Lyme disease for about like seven months or eight months after I was infected by a tick. So usually, like most people, you get infected, you get a tick and you get a rash and you go to the doctor, they give you antibiotics. But for me, I never got a rash. So I wasn't concerned at all. You know, eight months in, I went to the doctor. They finally tested me for Lyme and it came back positive. And at that point, there's really nothing that you can do to treat Lyme at that state. You can take antibiotics, but it's not going to really help you because you're kind of almost a little bit too far gone. So I was just put on a lot of vitamins, like my breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day was basically like 10 plus like supplements, vitamins, because Lyme disease and mono both really attacked my immune system and my nervous system, made everything go out of whack. Um, I was just taking supplements for pretty much everything. All of my levels were so low. Um, That was something that I was taking and actively doing to try to get better, but it was also very limited in the treatment that You can receive because it's chronic. It's not really something that, okay, hey, you know, you could take this and in two weeks you'll feel better. It was more
0: of a long term, long run type of treatment plan. How did you feel when you were first diagnosed? Like, what were your reactions? What were you expecting the result of this diagnosis to be?
1: It was very mentally draining and it affected my mental health a lot, which is what I also want to get into a little bit because for all I knew it was the flu and I was going to go home, take antibiotics and be better in two weeks. And that was definitely not the case. I mean, I was sick for, I would say, about two and a half years of my life. And every day I would wake up and go to bed feeling, feeling so ill to the point where like I would have my mom come and sleep in my bed with me because I was actually genuinely afraid that I was going to die in my sleep. And I'd be up all night. I'd have really bad insomnia because I was just so sick. And I was like, I can't believe I'm going to have to wake up again and like relive these days over and over again, because it was brutal. Like to talk about the symptoms. I mean, I was just extremely nauseous. I could barely eat. I was so fatigued. I could barely get out of bed. I pretty much like got out of bed to shower and go to the bathroom and like hygiene stuff. But basically my school had a thing where you can miss 11 days of school for a year. And I was like, there's no way I'm missing only 11. I got a chronic illness note, which I had for my sophomore, junior and senior year of high school. And so I was missing, I think every year i missed. 30 plus days of school. So altogether, like my whole high school experience, I missed over a hundred days of school. Looking back at it, I'm so proud of myself because I was struggling so much with so many things, mental health, physical health, but I was still waking up the next morning at 4 a.m. to study for a test, go into school early to take this exam because I missed it the day before. And I graduated with a great GPA. I mean, I got into Whitman like at Syracuse I was a high achiever. Something that I got out of it was just the resilience and how strong I am. And I realized how strong I am now going through it because I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I did all those things while
0: being in my state. Well, I want to say, first of all, I'm so proud of you too, because I did not have Lyme's disease and I was not going through what you were going through and I was still struggling with school. So I couldn't imagine having that added stress on top of it and still managing to get into Syracuse University. You should be so, so, so proud of that. Going back to what you said about Lyme's disease and how Lyme's disease affects people very differently. When you first told me this story about you having Lyme's disease and you told me that you had Lyme disease for, you know, over two and a half years. I was shocked because first of all, I didn't know that my dad had Lyme disease maybe three or four years ago and he was sick for two weeks and then he was fine. So when I first heard your story and what you went through as a result of being diagnosed with Lyme disease, I was shocked because, you know, you are a young girl. So it was shocking to me that my dad, who is 60 years old, could recover from this disease in, you know, two weeks. So I wanted to ask during this whole process, how was your mental health affected? Before I was diagnosed, before my sophomore
1: year, I had no issue with my mental health. I was an anxious kid, but it wasn't something that affected my day-to-day life. And it wasn't until... I became sick that my mental health just declined so rapidly because once I was on that teen tour, I was having such severe anxiety because I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I thought that once I came home, everything was going to be okay because I was like, if it's just anxiety, then getting out of that environment, I will be totally better now. And I got home and it was just the same. And I was like, this can't be anxiety. I don't know what this is. And during this time, I was definitely having severe anxiety, but I never got, I went to psychiatrists, but I did not want to get treated for anything because mental health is so tricky because I didn't know if I was making it all up. So much stuff is happening. I don't want to start taking medication for anxiety if I don't have anxiety. I just kind of ruled it off as one of my symptoms of one of my health issues. Being in that fight or flight state all the time really took a toll on, not even my mental health, but also my physical health, because being in that fight or flight makes your body so on edge that it was also hard for me to still recover because I'm always on edge because I was so scared every day of my life. I would say mental health wise, I was having steady anxiety for about two years. I never really experienced depression um, until my senior year. And I think that was just more because college was coming up and I was still, even though all my health issues were pretty much cleared up, my mental health was just getting worse. And I didn't know what to do. And so the summer going into my senior year is when I started getting on medication and going to therapy for my mental health. And I think that, you know, at that time when I knew I was struggling so severely with anxiety and with my depression, if I had somebody that also struggled with anxiety and depression that I could talk to, I knew that, that would have helped me so much, which is why I'm so open to talk about it because there's still such a stigma around mental health. I think that so many people, especially in college, deal with mental health issues and so many people deal with mental health issues. So I don't know why there's still such a stigma around it, but my plan and what I strive for every day is basically just to start living and not existing. I don't want to be afraid anymore. I don't want to overthink as much as I do. Even if you have the same diagnosis as somebody else, your experience is so, so unique. My whole journey with mental health and with my physical health affected my relationships. And I think my senior year, if we're talking about timeline-wise, was when my mental health got bad. It's when I got diagnosed officially with severe generalized anxiety disorder. I was put on medication. I began therapy. I did everything I could to really get my life back. And I didn't want to be a burden again to the people around me. So I almost kind of didn't tell anybody what I was going through. They knew I was going through things, but I didn't want to really open up about it. I just didn't want to accept it. Having relationships with your friends and with your family is really hard because you're just struggling so much internally, and you just think that you're so alone in this world, and nobody truly understands how you feel other than yourself. So, that in itself is just so scary to think about. For me, I pushed a lot of people away during the times where I probably needed them most because I just. Could not even take care of myself, let alone have... A relationship with anybody. I pushed my friends away and even though they knew what was going on with me and they knew that I was sick and I was struggling mentally, I don't blame anybody to this day for walking out on my life or leaving me. I can't blame anybody. I mean, I know that I could have done different things so differently, but that's the past and I can't recreate the past. And I think that now... Something that I realized is that the people that I I was friends with that helped me so much during those years, even though they're not a part of my life now, I truly realized who my true friends are now, who's there for me when I need them. I hold no judgment or no blame for anybody that isn't there anymore in my life. But I just wanted to say that I'm so thankful for the people that were there. And I'm so, so beyond grateful for the people that still stuck with me to this day. And
0: so for that i'm just so grateful i want to transition into you really telling your story how those three years kind of progressed and how did your life change in those three years
1: yeah so, like I talked about, once I got back from my teen tour, I immediately went to my pediatrician. They diagnosed me with mono. I severely just kept getting worse after five months. I was put onto to a waiting list because there was this holistic doctor that people were telling my mom about, and she was having. Uh, it was a very extensive waiting list. It was like four or five months. So I think it wasn't until it was actually my birthday, which was February 5th in 2018, was when I had my first appointment with her. And before I met her I was going to specialist I was getting acupuncture done for my symptoms for my nausea for my insomnia I was honestly doing pretty much everything I possibly could to feel better and nothing was working so on my birthday I was sitting in this office with this woman that I just met and she only takes a few clients at a time because she really gets to know her patients and she's amazing she's still my doctor now and so basically I'm sitting there on my birthday hysterically crying to the stranger talking about how you know my battle with whatever I'm going through because she was the one that diagnosed me she was the one that ran these extensive tests once I was like hey I'm diagnosed with mono but it's been seven eight months and I'm just so so sick I can't even go to school so she Ran blood tests. It came back positive for Lyme. She was the one that started treating me with an antibiotic. Not the Well, I did take antibiotics. It didn't work, obviously, because it was too far gone. But I tried that just in case. I was honestly doing everything I could. But um, just taking a lot of supplements, taking a lot of vitamins, going to acupuncture, so many different things. But she was definitely a great resource. She helped me kind of see a little bit of hope because she was like, I'm going to get you better and it's going to take time, but you will get better. And I kind of just always kept that in the back of my head when I was going through all of this, because I mean, very extensive, it was probably eight months since I've been sick when I, since I first saw her. And I was like, okay, hopefully this woman can actually figure out what's wrong with me and fix me pretty much. So I would just go for I think every other week I would get my blood drawn and she would order all these tests and just make sure that I could do whatever I could to make my immune system better. So I was taking a lot of supplements for that to help, you know, get my body to start fighting off these diseases. And that really helped. So, but basically my life at that point was basically school, doctors, getting blood drawn, all of that. So I would say for the timeline, and this is around, 2018 of my sophomore year is when I first met with my doctor. My mom really was my rock through this all and I don't give her enough appreciation or praise I think just because during that time it was so hard for me but it was also hard for everybody around me. I was just so sick for so long and I think that like friendship wise it definitely took a toll on my on my relationships and also my family. I mean, they were doing everything they possibly could to make me better because we were at a point where my mom had to sleep in the bed with me because I was scared that I was going to die in my sleep, which is sounds ridiculous, but I was just so sick that I thought that I was going to die. I was, you know, thinking about going to this trial in Germany for Lyme disease. That was a new trial that apparently helps cure Lyme disease, or I was thinking about going to an in-treatment program, like at a hospital, like a children's hospital. Because at that point, I was still so sick and I didn't know what was going on. And I got diagnosed with Lyme. I started taking the supplements. I think my sophomore year was very up and down. I had very, I had good days and I had bad days. Just dealing with the fact that every day I was going to wake up feeling sick and not feeling normal or healthy. And that took a toll on me mentally. Then I did get diagnosed with a pituitary tumor. It's benign, so it wasn't anything to be too concerned about. I still get MRIs and get it looked at to make sure that it hasn't grown or anything. It was basically Lyme disease really can burrow into different parts of your organs. So it can attack your liver. It can attack your nervous system. It could attack literally any part of your body and so for Lyme it definitely affected my nervous system a lot and I'm assuming it affected my hormone levels which is why I got a pituitary tumor you know I was getting a lot of headaches so I got an MRI and they found the tumor it's been I've been taking supplements for that too but it's not anything too dangerous or anything terrible um it just gives me bad headaches from time to time but that was something that I also got diagnosed with um in the midst of all of
0: this Do you still have the tumor to this day?
1: Yeah, so it's a benign tumor. It's very small. It's on my pituitary. And actually pituitary tumors, I did a lot of research during this time and they're pretty common. Um, a lot of people don't even know sometimes that they have them, which is scary to hear. But yeah, like I was just having bad headaches and because of being so sick, I developed a lot of illnesses and my immune system was so weak that I could catch a cold literally any day of the week. And definitely lying affected my nervous system and also caused a pituitary tumor because of my imbalances with everything in my body. Beginning of junior year of high school. At that time, I think I'm doing better. I'm taking all my supplements. These They're starting to work. I'm having more motivation to get out of bed. My fatigue is still there, but it's not as severe. I'm able to go to school more than I was used to, you know, sophomore year. But I was still struggling a lot. During this time, I always had in the back of my head, like, what am I going to do for college? Because I didn't know... If I ever was going to get better, because this was around the two year mark, I remember very vividly, I have a lake house in upstate New York, and I was spending my summer there right after I came back from the teen tour. And I was just so sick. And I remember going back in the summer of 2018, my summer going into my junior year of high school, taking a shower and standing there and being like, wow, I was here a year ago today, and I feel exactly the same that I did a year ago from that point. And it was just so, I I honestly cannot describe in words the amount of pain I was in just mentally thinking about how I really thought that I was going to feel this way for the rest of my life because, you know, once you're waking up every day and going to bed every day, feeling so and so, so sick and having nothing that takes the edge off or nothing that helps you feel better for even a minute, it was so bad i just there, that time was very dark it's a dark time in my life and that i didn't really talk about it with a lot of people i think that even the friends that i had in high school they knew i was struggling with Lyme disease and i had like a lot of health issues but i never really talked about you know i picked and chose what i told people because I didn't want to feel like more of a burden because having so much going on in my life and with me I knew it affected my relationships and so I didn't want to be more of a burden and so I pretty much just made it surface level and I was like yeah they knew what was going on but I didn't really know what was going on and I didn't even myself want to come to terms with the fact that I could be sick for this for the rest of my life because I didn't know what I was going to do I think the one year mark because I was like okay it's been a year and I can't see anything getting better I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel but but I did. I kept going. My family, I'm so grateful for them for how supportive they are. I, they never gave up. And I'm so glad that I never gave up on myself either because I wouldn't be here today if I didn't think that I could survive that. And at the time I didn't think I would, but I persevered and I woke up every day, went to bed every day feeling the same, but I was just in the back of my mind trying to remember what my doctor told me and was like, I'm going to, I'm going to help you and I'm going to make you feel better again.
0: And that's just what kept me going. So how are you managing college and your disease at the same time?
1: Managing college and my mental health as well as my physical health. I really just for college, I tried to stay as clean and as healthy of a lifestyle that I could possibly have in college. I stayed away from foods that I knew that I was sensitive to. I took daily walks just for my mental health and also my physical health. But something with my anxiety that's different for anybody who has any type of mental illness is that it could be very sporadic. And so Something that's scary in my anxiety is that even if I'm not in a stressful situation per se, I can still have an anxiety attack, even if I'm sitting in my bed watching Netflix. So it's something that is really hard to come to terms with. So when I was at college, you know, I was doing very well for the first four weeks, which I was so proud of myself because college was something that I was always very nervous about, you know, being away from home, having that almost triggering PTSD from being away from home from the teen tour to bring it all together in a sense I was very nervous for that and I'm really proud of myself for being there for four weeks and doing so well but the fifth week I did wake up one day and I just had such severe anxiety and it didn't go away and it affects my anxiety affects a lot of my physical health as well it's kind of a trigger response to when I was sick with Lyme so when I get anxiety I also feel very sick and so I was having a hard time, you know, doing my work and eating and sleeping and the whole nine yards. So I decided that for my mental health, it was best to leave campus. I mean, I'm with COVID. All of my classes were online anyway, so it wasn't that part of a transition. Definitely something that I felt very ashamed about because I wanted to succeed and I wanted to push through and have this opportunity and have these new experiences, but I just pretty much couldn't with my mental health. And that's fine to have setbacks. It's okay and it makes me stronger every single time. And I know that I can get... I can get through the next part of my life and I can get through the next time that my anxiety gets bad again cuz I've done it a million times. And even though it sucks every every single time, I know that I could come out of it and be stronger than I was beforehand. And so now pretty much in college, I'm just doing my classes remote still, my second semester. I I rushed an amazing sorority, so now I have so many amazing, strong, independent women that are my best friends. I can't wait to meet all of them. I love each and every one of them so, so much. I am so, so grateful to have these people now in my life. And yeah, so college right now, that's where I'm at with college. I'm planning on being back on campus next semester. And I'm very excited for, you know, my experience
0: for next semester and, you know, my life ahead. So how did you eventually start getting to this point? Where are you right now?
1: Yeah. So with my health now, I mean, I'm a freshman in college, so it's been four years now. I have been doing so much better health wise. Health wise, my Lyme has shown up negative in my blood work. I'm in such a better sp- base mentally as well, but health wise, amazing. Obviously my immune system has, is still very weak and it's still very fragile. I have chronic Lyme disease, but it comes back in my blood work as negative. So for three years I had chronic Lyme, but now it's basically out of my system, but it's, it's not a guarantee it won't come back. It's more of a lasting effect of your body because chronic Lyme attacks your body. So it's more of, okay, you don't have Lyme necessarily anymore, but the result of you having Lyme is still in your system, is still what attacked your body and your body is still trying to heal from that. So I do still take supplements for that, but it's not as extensive as it was a couple years ago. And I still get sick from time to time just because my immune system is very weak, but I'm completely cleared of, Lime And I'm so grateful to not wake up every day and go to bed and be scared that in the morning I'm going to wake up sick. That was all I wished for when I I was sick was to wake up and not feel like I was going to die. That's not a thought in my head anymore. Is that like when I go to bed, I don't think about, okay, tomorrow, how bad is it going to be? Which is so amazing because I never thought
0: that I was ever going to get to that place. What advice would you give to someone who is also struggling with Lyme's disease?
1: anybody out there who is struggling with Lyme disease, I just want them to know that don't ever give up. Just because you went to a few different doctors and they told you a diagnosis or told you everything's fine, there's nothing wrong with you, never ever give up on your health. And I think that is so important because your health is who you are. It's what you choose to do every day. And for me, if I gave up, I would not be here today and I would not be talking about this on this amazing podcast talking about how my experience and what I got out of it and I would just say time truly heals all which is so cliche but honestly I know it sucks but try and find a holistic doctor my holistic doctor is amazing they are hard to find but definitely just having a clean lifestyle and doing as much as you can honestly doing anything that makes you happy at that moment, anything that makes you happy, drawing, painting, I took up photography, anything that was an escape from what I was going through really helped me get through the hard times. And having that a support system, you know, a friend, a family member, therapist, reaching out to anybody to have that one-on-one time to talk with them is so important because having a support system is, I think, the The most important thing to have if you're struggling with any type of mental health or physical health.
0: Well, Bella, I just want to say as we wrap up this interview out of all of the interviews I've had has been a topic that's so new to me, but in a way hits home for me because I could not imagine your struggle and what you went through. And after hearing your entire story, not only am I inspired, but I feel like I've learned so much about you and how strong you are. And you should be so proud of how far you've come. And I'm so grateful that you were able to come on today and share this story so that more people can learn more about Lyme disease and how severe it really can be. But I just wanted to thank you for coming on. this really was amazing. Yes,
1: no, thank you so much for having me on and
0: having me be able to
1: tell my story because honestly, it's been a really rough few years, but I think it is an amazing story to tell. And I hope that, you know, anybody listening that's struggling with their mental health or physical health to know that they're not alone and to know that I'm a complete stranger, but I'm here for you. If you ever want to talk and you have a support system and you are loved and this too shall pass. I actually just got a tattoo recently that says this too shall pass because it was one of my quotes that honestly helped me keep going while I was in my darkest moments because I was like, okay, you know, even though this is so bad, I know I'll be able to get through this. And that was just something that I always kept in the back of my mind. So just know that you're not alone and that you are so loved.
0: Yes, this too shall pass. Honestly, I think everybody should live by that. But to my audience, I wanted to thank everybody for listening. I'm going to cut to the outro right now. But again, I want to thank Bella. Because, it takes a lot of guts to really talk about this subject because illness is something that is very stigmatized, especially mental illness. I think Bella did an amazing job explaining the struggles that she went through in the past three years. So that's all for episode four of the Start Small Podcast Lyme's disease. I want to remind you all to follow us on Instagram at Start Small Podcast check out our new website, startsmallpodcast.transistor.fm. As well, check out our new YouTube channel. You can find it linked on our Instagram. And if you would like to be featured in an upcoming segment, send me an email at startsmallpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. For my fellow podcast lovers out there, I would like to recommend two podcasts this week. The first being The Key Podcast. The Key Podcast is hosted by three young girls that talk about how you can unlock your full potential with simple yet effective steps. Their podcast is meant to trigger important discussions and see things with a deeper perspective. Catered towards teens, they provide simple solutions to the problems we face every day. They upload episodes on all platforms every first Friday of the month at 5pm Pacific Standard Time. Make sure you check them out. Secondly, I would like to shout out Helene Koppel and play a 30 second ad for you about her podcast and what she does. Check out
1: Agile Self-Development, the podcast that gives you a roadmap for personal growth and self-improvement for your body, mind and spirit. I'm Helene Coppell, and I'll show you how to become your best self one version at a time. Listen to the Agile Self-Development Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts,
0: Spotify, Pandora, or Stitcher, and begin your transformation journey today. Thank you so much for listening.